back with chocolate covered thoughts and today we have the pleasure of having a um, favorite a um, highly anticipated return guest none other than my wife Bettina so we will say welcome to you today thanks hello everybody so today we have a topic that is going to touch the hearts and minds of many, I'm sure. And today's topic is going to be um, love after grief, um, or we could say love after loss, um, however you want to frame that. Um, I'm sure it will be applicable to many. Um, I do want to start by saying that um Grief is not necessarily the um, the the finite the the finale the the end of life so to say, but um, whenever you are uh, when you've experienced a loss or a transition from one relationship maybe to the next that is also a loss and also um, can very much be considered as grief um, and so. Um, of course, many of us, um, we have experienced at some point in our, in our lives um, the, the death of a loved one. And so we wanted to um, speak to this subject because it has affected um, my wife. Um, my wife was previously married and um, unfortunately um, God called him home. And so we are going to shed some light on the different um, maybe stages and, and phases and things that you go through. Um, and yeah, so let's just dive right into it. So I'll, I'll let you have the floor. Okay, well, I think for the majority of um, the listeners who know you, they know me, so you know my story. But for those of you who are new to chocolate-covered thoughts and new to um, us, um, I'll just give a little brief um, background, and then we can get into probably some questions and things of that nature. So prior to meeting this wonderful woman and us getting married, I was married for 15 years to the most amazing man God could ever place on this earth. Uh, my husband was my very first real love um the only you know man that i have been in a long-term relationship with uh, again we were married for 15 years together for 18 and one morning we did our morning kiss and go to work and i got a phone call that he had passed out at that point um at the metro uh, where he was going to work and when I got to the hospital, I found out that my husband had had a massive heart attack and he died and he was 40 years old and that was unexpected. Uh, we didn't know of, you know, of course, you know, he, he had um, diabetes and, and I just, you know, some blood pressure issues, but nothing that ever would have led us to believe that you know, one morning you wake up and you do your formalities and then when you go to bed at night, you're by yourself. Um, so that was probably the hardest thing that I had ever had to go through in my life because at that point I was a single mother with a 15-year-old son and trying to navigate life, you know, 
making sure that I still carried out our plan because when we knew that um, we were having uh, my son, we knew that we had a plan for him and trying to manage that plan and then try to navigate life after my husband. So um, needless to say, I, I made it. Um, I'm a God girl, so God is so good. Um, and he has brought me to where I am today. But it, it was a struggle, and sometimes it still is a struggle because while we should never question God, we always wonder why. Um, and I think that hopefully from the end of this podcast, it will help those who have experienced you know, the death of a spouse or the death of a fiance or the death of a partner um, and how you can find joy on the other side. Okay. Well, I definitely want to first say thank you for being willing to share and to um, be able to be a voice um, to offer um, some sort of help and comfort for those who may have experienced um, something ser- uh, similar as you have. And I also want to commend you on the strength um, that it, it is taking um, and for you to reach this point and to be able to say, hey, you know, um, because I- I'm just going to tell you all that are listening um, this was actually Bettina's suggestion for this topic. Um, and so I, I was a little, um, if I can just be honest, I was a little apprehensive because um, I do know that sometimes when we, we speak to things that have caused us um, some hurt and pain, it, it can reopen, um, it can reopen that. And so... I just wanted to um, just say I I thank you and I commend you on your strength and your courage, um, your bravery, and and yeah, so let's go on with um, a question, if you will. Um, What would you say is, um, I'm sure that there are many, but what is one of the, the biggest hurdles of um, going through this type of life event? I think for me, and I, you know, this is my, my viewpoint is very singular. This is just me and everybody, I'm sure, um, has different things. But I think for me, the, the, the hardest thing to, to probably go through initially, um, you know, because I'm a parent, probably the biggest hurdle for me um, is being able to still be present and be there for my child. Um, You know, my husband, as I kind of stated, he's the only, up to that, you know, he was the only person that I had ever been with. He was the only person that I knew. So I grew up with him. We got married young probably not young as some but we got married in our 20s and at that point everybody knows when you're in your 20s you're still figuring stuff out you're still you know learning who you are as an adult you're still you know out your folks house you're making your own money a lot of different pieces to that and so for me the biggest part was I had to learn to do things on my own that I never had to do before um, and then part of that, and the the main point of that was I had to be a, 
um, a, a parent by yourself. And so that was a hurdle the day my husband died, and it still is now. My son, I thank God, has turned out well. I mean, he's a teenager, so of course we have the teenager blues, but, you know, he's in college. You know, he, he's making his own way in the world. And um, that that was my biggest hurdle, was making sure that I kept as much as many things as I could consistent for him. And that's hard when you lose a spouse because there's there's no such thing as consistent anymore. You have to recreate it. And, I, and I'm glad that I was able to to use my resources, my community, um, you know, my wife. Everybody has pitched in and they have helped me make sure that my son um, is successful and that that's, that's most important. Okay. Okay. Um, and I guess the, the next thing that um, I would like to know, and maybe someone else um, would also like to get your opinion on therapy. Um, did you, A, um, go to a uh, maybe grief counseling, or um, did, did you find it helpful? Um, did you find it necessary for um, your son to also go through it? What What are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, yes, and I, it just so happened, and again, I believe God's timing is um, is always what we need when we need it. And it just so happened that um, right after my husband died, within a couple weeks, there was a uh, grief session for spouses, um, and it was ran through uh, one of the hospitals here um, in uh, Silver Spring, and so I was able to go. And it was a group of others just like me. And, and because my loss was fresh, you know, some people had lost a spouse, you know, six months ago, a year ago, you know, a few months prior to. So it was, that was probably the most helpful thing that I could have had at that point in my life because nobody understands the loss of a spouse unless you've been in that space. And to be in that group of others who knew exactly what I was going through. Our, our, our stories were different, uh, you know, all different you know, ages, different races. But we all had lost somebody that had been our spouse or our partner. So for me, it was most helpful um, for my, my child. Um, you know, at that time, they really didn't have any... Um, uh, a grief counseling that was in a setting for him, but I was able to connect him with um, a therapist and was able to kind of help give him um, an area by which he could talk to somebody. Um, we did some sessions together and he also did some on his own and it was, it was helpful. Um, I think, you know, if I'm being transparent, I think that sometimes we as brown people don't value therapy like we should. We think of it as something that um, makes us, if, if we are faith people, oh, you, know, you don't trust in the Lord enough. No, that's not it. God gives us resources. And finding, you know, therapy and counseling, it can change your life. It can save your life. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to, to find that opportunity. It helped me out so much. Awesome. Um, I just want to piggyback on um, what you just said about our community of uh, brown people and feeling as though um, 
therapy is not for us. Um, it, it's really, you know, it should have never been. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that is long gone. Um, I'm sure many of you have seen the, the quote that has floated around social media that says it is okay to have a therapist in God. I mm-hmm. second uh, double, triple, quadruple message <laughs> because um, it is necessary, not just for grief, but in your everyday walk of life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that with all of the the challenges and struggles of life, um, trying to be that, that person that um, portrays the image of I have it all together is the farthest from the truth and meanwhile you are crumbling and just losing yourself um day by day mm-hmm. and so i think that um as as a part of chocolate covered thoughts um in the introduction um and in uh, description of my brand i speak heavily on changing the narrative and this is one of the key elements to changing um, to understand that there is nothing wrong with you um, or your child or anyone in your household or community um, when that person has chosen to seek help. Um, I too at one point was that person who was against it and um, you know sometimes I remember going through um, different physical challenges in life and when my grandmother was still alive, you know, it would be, oh, do you want to go to the doctor? And, you know, I would, no, I'm fine. I, you know, I'll be okay. And her her famous line would be, when the right pain hits you, you'll go. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to apply that to emotional pain as well. Um, yes, some some pains we may be able to brush off and, you know, go on to the next. But there are some things in life, um, such as this, that will rock your world. And you will need to fall to your knees and call on the Lord. And you will also need to pick up the phone and call on a therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, again, I, I just... I, I can't speak enough to to that piece. And so um, the next question that I have is, um, in finding, you know, uh, help and trying to kind of sort through, um, because there are many stages to grief, um, and in trying to go through uh, each stage, I understand that everyone does it differently. Um, Everyone has a different uh, opinion and outlook on, you know, how they handle uh, their loss. But how did you begin to find your way? I think that for me, that the, what I I did in the, probably the weeks, and in months after my husband died, I always had to, the first thing I would ask myself would be, okay, Bettina, what would Damien want you to do? And my mind always fell back on, he wants you to take care, 
of the boy and he wants you to be happy. He worked to the day he died to make sure that he provided for his family. Um, and for me, resting in that made it easier to try to navigate what I, I needed to do next. Um, again, some reviewers know us, some don't, but during the time that my husband died, I had just in January of that year started grad school again, working on my third degree, and I wanted to quit. I just felt like at that time it was just too much going on, and I just needed to withdraw, take a semester off, get myself together, get my mind you know, back focused on school and my plan, and start again. But then I kept thinking, what would he want you to do? And he always told me, girl, you can do anything you put your mind to. And for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to keep pushing. Because if anything else, at this point in my life, I'm an example to my child of what it is like to put adversity in the face and keep moving, keep pushing. Even when you feel like you can't, even when you some, some days you can't even lift your head from the pillow you keep pushing. And so for me, that was probably the thing that kind of kept me moving was just always resting in, you know, what would he want me to do? Okay. Okay. And did you feel like, um, did you feel like you had like a, like an inner, an inner being um, if you will, or a spirit that kind of just pushed you along. I know sometimes I've heard people say, um, you know, the they don't know how they got through. You know, it, it became very foggy, or um, you know, before they knew it, you know, they were in a different phase. Did you have that experience? You know, I won't say I, I went through a, a phase where I, I don't know how I made it through. I, I, I know I, I, it was it was God and it was you know perseverance. I, I for me, I did not know who I was until the day my husband died, um, and that probably in all of the pain and the hurt of losing somebody that was your right arm, your left foot, whatever it may be. I found out who I was. Um, I wasn't um, as submissive as I thought I was. I, I wasn't the one who didn't know how to handle business. I just had to be put in that situation to do it. So for me, there was no fog. It was just, this is this is who you are. I surprised myself. I didn't realize that I had it in me. To, to make sure that I handled all the business and made sure that, you know, the, the things that once I didn't do and it wasn't by um, design, it was by choice. It was never that, you know, my husband um, kept me in the, in the role, you know, maybe someone said the traditional role of the wife and that wasn't it. It was by my choice um, that the things that I didn't do and it was like, okay, now, girl, you can do this. Um, so for me, it was just finding out who I was. And I think that, you know, if there is a, um, I guess, something to just kind of really be, um, even in grief, 
and in hurt and pain and sadness, there is also something to rejoice. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that whenever anyone has the ability to say, I found myself, um, I evolved, um, you know, that is something to to be applauded. Um, because a lot of times um, you you can get um, you can get somewhat lost I believe I believe that you know whether it was your own doing or whether it was you know one spouse who said this is what I want you to be um, either way you look at it I think when a person is able to just, you know, come out and um, just be them, I think that that, that is a, it's a beautiful thing. And so, um, again, I think that that is something to, to be commended. Um, you know, there are many, many people um, who I have seen um, who didn't make it through. Mm-hmm. Um, who turned their personality ch- changed and it wasn't for the better um, because of whatever reason um, I, I don't want to I don't want to you know point fingers to anyone but I do recognize that when you know where your help comes from and know who you serve um, I believe that you definitely will never be left alone and it Mm -hmm. sounds as though you know God definitely had his hand on you um, and he was able to put the right people and and, um, things in place um, so that you and your baby um, can still be with us today and be a living walking testimony mm-hmm. so let's um let, let's transition into um deciding to um take another shot another opportunity at love um what okay what, <laughs> what was that like well, you know, I think at first, um, you know, again, in the you know, weeks and months after my husband died, I, I, I told myself if I never find love again, I know what it's like. I don't have to read it in a book. I don't have to watch it in a movie. I don't have to hear about it from somebody else. I know what that is. I've I, 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 I been blessed to experience that. But then, you know, when you look at, at, at life, um, we, we don't want to be by ourselves. And me personally, I'm not the type of person, I mean, you know, people that know me know I can sit and be quiet, but I'm not the type of person that that does not, um, not need companionship. So I, I know that about myself. Um, so for me, you know, it was a lot of soul searching because first of all, I guess you all can tell, I was married to a man before and now I'm married to a woman. So yes, there was some uh, coming to uh, the realization of who I was. Um, and part of that then also became trying to figure out how to transition 
you know, my sexuality into the conversation of dating again. Um, you know, prior to you, nobody knew that, um, and you know, this is a transparent that I like men and I like women. No, nobody, maybe a couple folks that, that knew me well, but other than that, that really wasn't because that's not something that really was a need for conversation. So when I decided to date again, you know, it was like, okay, um, you know, how, how do you integrate that? Because, you know, first of all, it, you have to, you have to be okay with it yourself. And for me, the path that I'm on now is becoming clear and safe in me and not letting anybody, um, you know, shake me from what I choose to do with my life, who I have chosen to love, you know, who I've chosen to spend the rest of my life with now. You know, the Bettina that was um, there prior to my husband's death, I'm not that same person at all. And that's not a bad thing. It's just I have evolved. Um, so it was a lot of, you know, coming to grips with that. And then once you do it, you just kind of stick your toe in the water and see kind of where things go. And, you know, for me, when I stuck my toe in the water, I came came back with a good, a good thing. Um, so it was just a lot of just having to, like, really go slow. Um, you know, not, not overdo it, not do more than what makes you comfortable, but realize you have to take that risk. Um, I think whether you, you know, you know, your, your, your loss is from death or your loss is from a, you know, relationship that didn't go well and you decide to go back out there again, you have to take it slow and, and you have to do what's comfortable for you. Did you guys hear how many times she said take it slow? I'm sorry. I was really, really trying to really, um, you know, straight face on this episode. I just, to thy own self be true. And did you hear how many times she said take it slow? I mean, it was slow, y'all. But Whatever. But anyway... <laughs> So yes, and, and and it was worth it. Um, it was worth it. But I, I would like to know um, for someone out there who is listening to this podcast and they are going through what you have gone through um, in similarities, and you know they are experiencing a lot of self doubt. Um, they are experiencing a lot of brokenness and uncertainty. Um, what can you give them? Well, you know, I think what you said, to their own self be true. So the first thing that I would tell anybody is that you, you have to know who you are. Um, and that process can be long and complex for some and especially if over your life up until that point you haven't taken out the time to get to know who you were and for me it was a little bit of that um so for me I had to learn who I was and and what um my joy was outside of my family because for so long when you um you know you're you are you're married you you kind of become one literally and, and, and your joy becomes the other things and the other facets of everybody else's joy and you don't really focus enough on your own so you have to know who you are you know what makes you happy um, I think that you have to go 
on on your own um spectrum of, of feelings go with what you feel if, if something if you feel like you want to go out on a date then go you know don't let the outside world pull at you and tell you that it's not okay I think for me the hardest thing was people wanted to and and now you know I'm, I'm good and grown now I say yeah, they even wanted to dare have the audacity to tell me when it was okay for me to date again and 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 you know my regardless of the fact of the gender of the person that I started dating but just want to put me on a time schedule oh you you didn't wait long enough or, oh are you sure I'm sure and I, I'm going with what feels good to me and my spirit I think a lot of times especially with when when you, one becomes a widow or a widower the world wants to put these labels on you and these stigmas on you that if you start dating you know months after your spouse dies and oh you really didn't love that person um or, oh you were just in it for one aspect and not the other and so you have to tune all that out so you have to be focused on what makes you happy what feels good to you and then just don't be scared to take that jump because especially if you haven't dated in a long time and you and things have changed, you know, back in the day, it wasn't the same as it is now. So you have to be um, OK with with the way that that things are today and just take that risk. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, don't beat yourself up about it. But for all this sacred don't let anybody else beat you up about it don't let anybody steal your joy there's too many things because my mindset has always been if I survive the person that I grew, grew into an adult with if I survive that and I made it through then I'm not letting anybody that's family that's friends in that society I'm not letting anybody take my joy That is um, good stuff. That's really good stuff. And I I really hope that someone um, hears that and just have some time and meditate on um, where you are and think about what is best for you. Um, Just if if you would imagine, because we are in the space of old Rona right now. Um, just imagine, you know, a, a, a true self-quarantine. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just you and your thoughts. You know, take that time and just meditate on what you need. Um, think about what is necessary for you. Um, think about what you can live with and what you can live without. And I promise when you make that list, and I do mean a literal list where you write it down, it it will change. It will change. It will give you so much clarity um, and insight on who you are and where you're trying to go. Um, obviously, this is... Um, my first and only only time only chance at marriage um but mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard that but I will say that from the spectrum of 
um, loss in feeling like, you know, when you have been uh, in love with someone previously and that relationship did not work and, you know, you're feeling like your heart has been broken and that sort of thing, um, you too have to go through a recovery period. You have to um, get your mind back into a space of trust again and um, loving yourself again um, because we all know that sometimes relationships can um, they can be rough you know and um, they sometimes really in, um, in in a situation that has you doubting and questioning yourself so I would definitely say um, whether it is uh, the loss of a relationship um, I can recall being engaged more than one time um, to men and um, obviously the, <laughs> the marriage didn't happen and um, going through some, some devastation um, the, the second time um, I ended up as a result um, having alopecia uh, just the stress of it all just caused um, hair loss. And I say that, you know, um, many people have responded and said things like, you should never let anyone get you to that point. And a lot of times it's not it's not intentional. Um, again, you think that you are handling the situation and, you know, you're moving and you know, you think you're you're being strong, um, but internally, your your body is saying not so, and so that's when mm-hmm. you know it is time and it is okay to um, pull on a lifeline and get the help that you need. And so, I just wanted to have this opportunity for us to um, encourage someone. This conversation um, is not just for women, it is for men as well, um, and maybe even even to a higher degree, because we all know that for most men, um, they mask their feelings um, mm-hmm. because they are shamed for tears and for showing vulnerability. Um, again, the narrative has to change. Um, I, I grew up watching my grandfather and he was not afraid to shed a tear and he was the manliest man that I know. Um, and so we can't expect for men to have the compassion and the empathy that we desire for them to have. And then in the same breath, look at them sideways or less of a man if they choose to show that very thing that we want them to exhibit to us. So, mm-hmm. ladies, we got can we I gotta get our stuff together. Sure. And just to kind of piggyback off that, I think that we as a community of brown people, we have to start making safe spaces for 
are men, like you said, to be vulnerable. Everybody has feelings. Everyone gets their heart broken. Everyone experiences some type of devastation. And we have to start making it okay and, and to, to have those safe spaces for our men to, to show that side of them. And for our women, you know, I think sometimes we have now become where, you know, you know, we have to be strong and have to put, put it on all the time. And it's like, no, we have to start being a community of compassion for others, others who look like us and even those that don't look like us. We, we have to stop being so afraid to allow ourselves to be real to ourselves and real to each other. I think if we, if we were more compassionate and we had more safe spaces for compassion, you'd see a change. You'd see a change in how our, um, how we interact with each other, how we perceive each other, how the world perceives us. It's small steps that can get us to the goal, but we just really have to, 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 to do that due diligence and we have to invest in, you know, trying our very best to, to make those spaces and those and those those areas where we can just be real without judgment, without you know callousness, just just to be us. I think if we do that, we we'd be a, we'd be a whole a whole lot better off. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I think that we have we've come a long way um, in where we are. Um, with our successes and things like that but what good is success if our mental and our emotional peace is in shambles Mm -hmm. Um, it, it serves us no purpose because then we we don't know how to treat one another um so I think that this this conversation um is necessary uh, it needs to continue. Um, it needs to um, be shared with many people um, across the globe. Um, and just let folks know that there are people that are concerned about um, your well-being and people that want to change and give folks the opportunity to um, to be better and to, to let them know that there is um, there is healing out there so um, I hope that this message this conversation has um, pricked your heart and it has served you well um, I want to say thank you to my better half uh, for putting her herself on the line and for being as transparent as she could possibly be. Um, That is the only way that we are able to um, do this, um, is to be examples. Um, So I thank you. I appreciate you. And I'm going to leave you with any closing remarks. Well, you know, first of all, thank you. Um, I'm going to do my shameless plug. I'm so proud of you um, for following your dreams and following your heart and bringing chocolate-covered thoughts to the world. I'm so immensely excited about where God's going to take this. So I'm just, I'm proud of you. So thank you for 
letting me get on here and, you know, have my fan club. Hey, fans. Um, and just just be able to share in this with you. I'm so proud of you. So as far as closing thoughts, I would just always say that there is love after loss. Um, do your own timing, whatever works best for you. You know, don't be afraid to, to go out there um, and and see what else is out there because if, if you are blessed, you will find a wonderful thing. So I just hope that everybody, just, I, hope, I hope if anything else, this just gets people to begin to think more about how other people see things, how other people think about things. Um, and, you know, I hope this blesses somebody and helps somebody that's going through either the same thing or something similar. Awesome. So I'm going to leave you with my closing. Um, and that is here at Chocolate Covered Thoughts. We are always going to respect you. We're always going to be authentic. We're always going to inform. And we're always going to love on you. Until the next time, I say peace and blessings. And we will see you soon. Talk to you. Peace. Take care. Bye.